the pillars of truth are eroding from that picture you saw. The pillars of truth are eroding. Let this verse sink in. 1 Timothy 3.15, Paul's saying, if, if I'm delayed, here's what I'm going to write to you so you know how to conduct yourself in the house of God. Here's what the house of God is. The house of God is not an affirming place. It's welcoming. We welcome all people, but we can't affirm destructive lifestyles. He said, the church is to be the pillar and ground of the truth. This place is supposed to be the, the pillar of the truth, to hold up the truth, to influence senators and legislation, to, to, to be the spiritual influence. I've told you before, I don't want to beat up this, this whole topic again, but the pulpit used to set the tone for the spiritual climate of the nation, the Senate, the Congress. They would ask, what is the pulpit saying? What does God's word say? Williams Blackstone's commentaries of the laws of England that the Supreme Court used to use would, would give scripture references for laws. They would begin by praying and fasting and seeking the heart of God. Sermons were published all across and put into the newspaper. Why? Because words shape destiny. The words from the pulpit can shape destiny. Look at what Jesus did with 12 men. He didn't come in with swords and clubs and a battering ram. He came in with the power and fullness of the spirit. And those words carry weight. Words can bring down the Roman Empire. Words cause, spark the American Revolution. Words cause the proclamation, the declaration of proclamation and, and, and the freedom of slavery. And, and the words create life and destiny or death and destruction. So pastor, wake up. This is not a popularity contest. The power of the spirit must resonate again in your hearts to call the nation back to God. And I'm not angry. The reason I got up so early is to get my own heart right. Can I, can I just publicly confess something? I, I am a people pleaser. I don't want to offend. I don't want to upset. But when the spirit of God takes a control of you, and calls you and gives you a burden. The word of God is in my heart like a burning fire. My flesh wants to shut up, but, but my, the Spirit's saying, no, don't hold it back. Change, help change the course of history. Change the course of destiny. With the words, they carry weights. Jeremiah 2, has a nation changed its gods, which are not gods? Of course not. He's saying the Amorites, the Hittites, the Perviites, and Hittite, whateverites, and all these Babylonians, and Medan Persians, and they've, they've never changed their gods. They still bow to their gods that are not gods. But my people, my people have changed their glory for what does not profit. Be astonished. Be astonished at this. Be, be horribly afraid. Be very desolate, says the Lord. That's Bible. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living water, and they have hewn themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. So what happens is if they've forsaken God, the living water, Jesus said, if you drink of this water, you will never thirst again. Woman, if you drink of this water, you will never thirst again. I am the living water. I am the living hope. Out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. And God says, I will give you this living water, but you've rejected me. You've turned from it. And now you're trying to drink of, of cisterns that are broken and dirty sewage water. And you're trying to, to find this living water and things that are supposed to hold me, but they are broken. They're 
to plea to come back to the living water and thirst again for me. It's a call of God to his people. They drifted from God and they searched for fulfillment in sexual promiscuity and idolatry, broken cisterns. You know, I, I have to mention this because no matter what you watch, no matter who you listen to, when we talk about same-sex attraction, homosexuality, I always let people know, uh, biblically speaking, sin is sin. The drunkard, the adulterer, the fornicator, the liar, it, 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 it's, it's all coming out of a heart that is depraved and doesn't know God, all of it. So we don't stand up here with a judgmental spirit. We stand up here with a loving challenge to turn to your creator. And so what happens is, but Shane, look, look what you're doing. You're, you're, you're causing people to be suicidal and depressed. And, and look at the, the suicide rate is alarming. The depression is, is skyrocketing Adderall and they have to take off. Why? Be, they, why? Because of conviction. I've been in places where the person caught in adultery wants to take their life. Suicide and depression. The person who can't stop drinking. They're ruining everything. Oh, I'm so depressed. See, it's the sin that causes this, the suicidal thoughts. It's the sin. It's the conviction of being away from God. So you just have to point them to the Savior. Point them to the cross. Point them to eternal life. It's the same look I get from anyone caught in sin. Yeah, but if I look to Jesus, I, 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 he might not take this away. He might not. If I had time, we could go through this room. How many people cannot still go into a bar? They hear the clink of the ice and the whiskey, and why, doesn't, why didn't he take this away? People can't go to the gym or the beach because of lust. Why doesn't he take this away? Why am I struggling with depression? And why, when, when will God Spurgeon, was the, his depression would come upon him like, like nothing he's ever felt before? See, it is common to all men. Sometimes God delivers and sets free. Praise God for those testimonies. But sometimes, sometimes you got to walk with the limp still. And you can say, I, I can't go back there. That pole is strong. That demonic stronghold is still whispering to me. Sometimes he doesn't set you free because the greatest testimony is to get to the end of your life and say, Christ held me the entire journey. Christ walked with me. Yes, though I walked through the valley of the shadow of death, he held me. He lifted me up. Though those, the devil tried to pull me back into that stronghold, God kept me. That is just a powerful testimony as God setting a person free. Now I'm going to put up scriptures that... It's in the Bible. You're not going to see this too often. Are you ready? Are you prepared? Are you sure? Deuteronomy 22.5. I'm, I'm not ashamed of the Bible. Actually, what I've noticed, the more I commit to the Word of God, the inerrancy of Scripture, preach the totality of a Scripture, the more I feel the boldness and the fullness of the Spirit. And when you start to question it, uh, uh, man, that's really not for today. That, no, 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 no. You know, Paul really didn't mean that. I can't. Come on, give me a break. You might as well pull up a couch and have a conversation and get rid of the pulpit. A woman shall not wear man's clothing, nor shall a man put on woman's clothing. For whoever does these things, <laughs> let me just tell you how much of a people pleaser, pleaser I am. The first draft of this sermon, I had ellipses. 
And I didn't have the word abomination in there. Like, oh, Lord. Like, are you embarrassed of my word? Abomination means a stench. Do not do these things. It's an abomination to the Lord your God. Leviticus, you shall not lie with a male as with a woman. It's an abomination. And then you're going to get the people, yeah, but you're also not supposed to eat shellfish. (sighs) Ceremonial laws, dietary laws for the nation of Israel that can change, fulfillment in Christ. Moral laws never change. Moral laws never change. The excuses. See, here's what we're supposed to do. Reach out to those struggling, but react to the agenda. Fight the agenda. Love those who are struggling, but hold the line against the agenda that's trying to pervert the next generation. And this is what God's word says. This is the, the truth of God's word. But they'll so try to twist scriptures. I don't know if it's, a, it's probably still there. If you put my name, homosexuality, and Fox News, there's an audio recording of an hour where I sat down with another pastor. I don't think he's even a pastor anymore of a, of a large church that, that shrunk down to 200 people. And he says that, it, it's God, that these are not applicable today to give in to your desires. And you can hear the different thought. And they'll say, well, look at David and Jonathan's relationship, huh? You know, you never know there. What? You've lost your mind. Well, all the references in the Bible have to do with, with like sodomites and prostitution and rape. No, it doesn't. No, it's pretty clear. I made Adam and Eve, not Steve. I made Adam, I formed them. I I let let what God bring together, let not man put asunder, King James, or separate. Let let not man separate. Not only that, you just look at creation. How, you know, come on, I don't need to get, hello. When you create something, when you build something, men, like I remember I built my daughter something, a little playhouse, not built it, but you know, just did something, and she goes and throws it in the pool. Well, that's not what it's for. That doesn't work. It doesn't float. And so you see, you look at design, points to a designer. Man's way versus God's way. The definition of marriage has never changed throughout all of human history until recently. Did you know that? All societies, all nations, all creeds, all colors, Africa to Asia, it was, a, it was actually a given. Nobody would even, it, it, that would not even enter the minds of people. Now, sexual deviation in all areas has always existed. Why are they saying that all of this is increasing at an alarming rate? Because they're being fed this, the kids. Now it's a cool thing to do. Now I can rebel against my parents. And when you start to mess with sexual identity, you hurt people at a very, very deep level. Creation speaks to the character of God. And remember, the Supreme Court, this is what I've had to remind some people, is not a law-making body. Hello? I just talked to somebody, I'm not going to mention names and things, and, but it's like, well, you know, the Supreme Court said it's the law of the land, so you know, you really, you have to, pastors, you have to submit to that. No wonder they don't say much about abortion because it's the law of the land. But the, the law of the land is the word of God, people. The law of the land is God's word. That's the law of the land. 
And then the Supreme Court, what they're supposed to do is come up alongside legislation and say, is this in line with the Constitution? They're not supposed to make, and they used the 14th Amendment to, in 2015, the 14th Amendment has nothing to do with marriage. It's unbelievable how far we have drifted. But leaders in the Christian community are leading us to confusion. Leaders are leading us to confusion. The leaders that are supposed to lead us to the truth are leading people to confusion. And I don't know if we got it in time. I don't know if I sent it to, to you guys in time, but do we have that video clip? It's only about a minute long. Um, it was in the, in the slides I sent, but I don't know because I just put this together. Uh, give me a f- thumbs up or thumbs down. No, okay, I'll have to show it to you um, at some point, but it was a pastor uh, or a Christian leader, and um, he was saying, maybe second service, we can find it for that one. Um, he was saying, asked him about gay marriage, like, well, you know, it's real complex. It's real personal. mm, Let me tell you a story. I knew, I had a friend in college and he was gay and he was, I mean, he went through the whole thing trying to cast out demons. He went to prayer meetings. You know, it didn't work. And so the church needs to be that loving place that people can come to. That's your answer on what the Bible says about this topic? What you're seeing is the fruit of cowardliness, not boldness of the Spirit. And these leaders will be held accountable because your silence speaks volumes. Did you know that? Your silence speaks volumes. When God says, I'm telling you to say something, prophet, Ezekiel, and you say nothing, Jeremiah, Isaiah, well, we don't live in the Old Testament. We're not Old, we're not Old Testament prophets, true, but you're, you're New Testament pastors and you're called to speak all of God's word. And what, what, here's what's happening. Feelings outweigh God's word and people are going with feelings. Like they should just be able to marry who they love. Okay, what about that, that feeling goes against God's word and it's gonna cause damage. It's all about rights, 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 but your rights are hurting others at a very deep level. And so the silent pulpits must awake. And I did a, I did a quick view of history in the church. It's amazing. Many of you heard of St. Augustine, right? He was bold and he confronted things. Justin Martyr, Polycarp, Savarola in Italy. He said the Italian people are full of wickedness and he went to his grave. They, would, they killed him. The papacy killed him. Tyndale, John Huss, Whitecliffe, they all spoke the truth with love and their words and Luther and Calvin and Swingley and John Knox in Scotland. The queen wanted to kill this man. She feared his, his, his prayers more than the armies of England. The prayer, they would confront the culture and that's why we hear them today. Whitfield would confront the culture. Wesley would confront the culture. D.L. Moody, Spurgeon, all these people you guys love and you read and you, and you, and you send me their information. Did you know they confronted to the culture. You show me one passive pastor who kept his mouth shut in critical times. You show me that person and you show me where he's at. None of them changed the course of history. Oh, but Shane, they've got a million Facebook followers. I don't care. Trump has 17 million Twitter followers. That doesn't make what he says, right? Oh, they just let him back on Twitter, I guess. I just heard... 
I don't know if that's good or bad. More information later. Here's what's happened. Many pastors lack the fire of the spirit and therefore they lack fervency for the truth. Boldness on these issues comes from time with God, folks. So to me, it's an indictment on the spiritual condition of today's pulpit. It's an indictment on the condition of today's quiet pulpit. And I've told young pastors, I said, take some time off if you need to and spend it with God and come back on fire. Oh, but I'm busy. I got to do this going on. I might lose some followers. Yeah. Oh, oh, for sure. What is highly esteemed among men is abomination of the sight of God. Be, be careful when all men speak well of you. I love what Leonard Ravenhill said. He was talking to a group of pastors and he said, get unction or get out of the pulpit. And I hope, I know we, this, this, this is going to be on about 80 different radio stations next week across the United States. It, and I hope pastors get PO'd. I hope they get so mad, they go back and they say, Lord, is it I? Is that, is it, oh, I don't like what he said, but is it true? Is it true? Take it to the Lord. And then, of course, what I hear often, I only preach the gospel. They say, They fail to realize that the gospel affects all areas of life, from the unborn to LGBTQ issues, and from wokeness to wicked legislation. The gospel changes the heart, which in turn changes the nation. You are supposed to tell people, maybe not all the time. I mean, this sermon, 95% of the time, my sermons aren't like this. It's through the word of God, helping people encourage. But there has to come a point where you talk about these issues of abortion and marriage. But Shane, they're they're hot button issues, man. I'm going to upset you. you. Exactly. That is the point. That's the point. You're not a motivational speaker. The sad thing is the reason when they say, I just preach the gospel, but actually the gospel they often preach is watered down, it doesn't offend, and it's powerless because they lack the boldness to tell the truth in other areas. So I'm not going to, no, I don't talk about that, I don't talk about that, I don't talk about that. I've got half, half Republicans, half Democrats in the audience, I don't talk about that, I don't, I don't want to say to anybody. You show me where that person is bold in the pulpit about the gospel. Repentance, the blood of Christ, judgment, sin, atonement, they're not. It's an excuse to hide behind their silence. There is no wiggle room, no wiggle room. Mark 10, but from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife. The two shall become one flesh, so they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let not man separate. There is no wiggle room. So again, what I said earlier, the next point, we must love people, but expose the agenda. I just found, I just came across it in YouTube. About five years ago, I stood in this very spot, and I preached and led a memorial sermon a memorial service for an openly gay man. His sister put me in contact. We went down there. He lived in North Hollywood. He was sick, 35 years old, looked like a GQ model. And it was pretty bad. And we talked on the, left on the couch and just left in my book, prayed with him, just encouraged him. 
And then two months later, I found out he passed away, but his mom said he was passing around the book everywhere, highlighting it. God was working in his heart. And I said, sure, I'd love to, to do that. I'd love to, to preach at the memorial and honor him. Loving the people that came were, you know, it was, it was mixed. Loving that. No, there's no hatred. Why is love speech hate speech? Have you thought about that? The truth sounds like hate to those who hate the truth. You can get your phone out for that one. Tweet it. (laughs) The truth sounds like hate to those who hate the truth. So here's how they get out. It's just hate speech. No, actually, it's love speech. If you want to be honest, your speech is hate speech. Because you don't love them enough to tell them the truth and help them. You think telling them to cave into their desires is going to help? How's that, how's that got us so far? Where's that got us? Nowhere. Ephesians 5.11, have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. So here's how this works. People, sinners, come to church. Amen? We love them. But I, I, I got to expose that thing that is taking you down. I have to expose that darkness that is hindering you from coming to the light. How do you expose something if you're silent about it? Ephesians 4, 14. We should no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about by every wind of doctrine. Doesn't it sound like America today? Paul's saying, stop, and this, this is why this happens in America. Well, this person says, this person says, this person, we're tossed around by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of man. What do you believe? I don't know. What do you think? What do I believe? Paul said, stop it. Speak the truth and love to get people back on the right foundation. And then I love this point. Don't be shamed into silence. Don't be shamed into silence. National polling supports marriage equality among the mainstream of course it does they're swimming downstream and we are swimming upstream john 12 nevertheless even among the rulers many believed in him but because of the pharisees they did not confess him lest they be put out of the synagogue synagogue why they love the praises of men more than the praises of god And then, of course, this point is very valid. I was born this way. Elizabeth Warren, she said, this this will protect, it ensures that everyone can marry whoever they love. See how that's garbage? Who defines that? Who defines that, what that looks like? Romans 5.12. Just as one man, sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men, because all Sin, Ephesians 2, 3, among whom all we conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and we were by nature children of wrath just as others. So, when people, I've, had, I've talked to homosexuals in Palm Springs, and when, you know, and it, this is often comes up, <clears throat> I was born this way. I mean, there. There's complex issues with, you know, if we were to unpack this for a little while. But the bottom line is, I would say probably so. Did, did you know, as a, did you know? I don't want, you guys might leave after this and I'll never come back. Did you know I was born to lie? Pastor, I was born to cheat on my spouse? It's in here. Do you know that? Don't look at me as so holier than now. 
How many of you, but the grace of God, you don't go out and get drunk and hammered today? How many? See? Oh, don't have to raise your hands. But I get, okay, good. <laughs> What's going on? I was born this way. Why am I so angry and explosive? I was born this way. But to me, that's actually very encouraging because yes, you and I were born into sin, all manner of evil. And that's why we're here this morning, because of the cross. Just because I have an inclination to do something doesn't mean it's right. Think that through. Did you know that many were born to murder? Have you ever felt that way? I, not anymore, but I've been there. <laughs> like the heat of passion, that's what they call it. Why am I I'm Yes, 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 you were born to sin. But thank God for 1 Corinthians changing from the inside out. Now, this is a profound and powerful scripture. Do not glance through it. Even if you've read it before, you know it. Open your ears. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Could it be that silent pastors are actually leading people to hell? Absolutely. Because they should be able to lovingly warn people with tears in their eyes, not anger, love. Do not be deceived. Many are deceived. Neither fornicators, sex outside of marriage, nor idolaters, nor idolaters, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, male prostitution, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, no revelers, those angry, arguing, bitter people, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. Now it's supposed to go, wow, I'm in trouble. <laughs> right? That's, whoa. And then he goes on to say, and such were some of you. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord. Jesus, and by the Spirit of God. So it's profound. Yes, that's who you were. That's also why I have an issue sometimes when AA, when you say, you know, I am an alcoholic. No, that's, that's not who you are. It's who you struggle with, possibly. But who you, who you are is a, is a child of God. I was that. I was that. I was on the highway to hell. And see, these things are a byproduct of sin in our heart. It, 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 it comes out of us. And like I said earlier, your sexual orientation may not always be changed, but everyone can be restored. Everyone can be restored to the loving relationship with the Father. And yes, life is challenging. Life is difficult. I've fallen many times. I've had to get back up and fight the demons of my past. But I didn't quit and give up and say, I'm out of here. So God can strengthen you and see you through. He loves you. Even while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. How powerful is that verse? I think it was, I actually told this, I forgot about it. I told this story at that memorial five years ago. It's always stuck with me. It, it was of this young man, probably 20 years old, walked away from God. He's coming home every night, drunk, on drugs, and his dad is trying to let him have it. I'm kicking this guy out of my house. I think the wife's finally on board. Praise God. And so here he comes at two in the morning. This little boy she used to hold and nurse and care for. 
Then he comes in and passes out on the couch. And the dad's like, he's really gonna get it now. And he stayed upstairs. He didn't hear the wife saying anything. And he came downstairs and, and he, saw, he saw her holding him on the couch, hoping, praying he doesn't have an OD, caressing his hair, just praying for his son. And the dad got so upset, what are you doing? And she said, he would not let me love him while he was awake. So I will love him while he is asleep. The grace of God, the love of God, calling, drawing, petitioning, asking, convicting. Such were some of you, but you've been washed. You've been clean. No doubt many listening. This will probably hit close to 100,000 people next week. Many of you listening need to be washed. You need to be cleaned. It's a loving father. Stop letting the enemy beat you up because of your sin and allow Christ to cleanse you because of his redemptive work on the cross.